to the Electric Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated entirely to sports and only sports. Today, 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 we talk NASCAR. Now here are your hosts, Ty, Amos, and Chris. All right, that's right. Electric Sports Talk is back with some NASCAR talk. I'm your host, Ty Crystal, and always joining me on the NASCAR podcast is Chris. Chris, how you doing? Pretty good. Are you going to publish this one, or are we just going to fake it? <laughs> yes. Um, so I want to apologize to anyone out there that didn't mm. hear the last episode. I edited it, loaded it up, and it was in the drafts. So our last episode didn't actually go out on the air for whatever reason. So my apologies. Uh, but this one should be out. But yeah, you shaved your mustache this week, Chris. We talked about that. I guess no one would get it, though, because we talked about that last week. So, <coughs> Well, <coughs> we had an occasion that I thought it'd be better if I didn't have it. Right. Okay. Uh, Amos, you're with us as well. How are you? I am great. I didn't realize that our last show didn't go out. but Yeah, me neither until about... Uh, What's uh, Monday afternoon after the race and everything? Yeah, so I didn't know. I didn't know. All right, so on today's show, we're talking about Kansas and some of the drama I think that Kansas produced after Texas was pretty predictable and kind of boring. Um, Kansas was a little different. We'll talk about where the cut lines are lining up. The cut line, sorry, is lining up for. Our bottom four and our top four and how everybody can either miss or make the final four. Because essentially, pretty much everybody's in contention, um, even guys that are clear down the pecking order with min- uh, very few points. And uh, anyone can win in Martinsville. So, And then we'll also talk about the next-gen car being tested in Bowman Gray. Is that right, Chris? Yep. Yeah. So interesting stuff there. Um, so let's let's get into the Kansas thing, unless anyone wants to bring anything else up. I didn't mention that we'd like to talk about before this. Amos says no. No, I think I'm good. Okay. Chris, you I'll, good? I'll find I'm something, good. though, if you want. I, I Okay, I know you would. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about um, Kansas. Uh, what what was our one word to describe Kansas, Chris? Chaotic again. Chaotic again. Well, that was yeah. two words, but we'll allow it. Um, well, I already used chaotic one time, <laughs> so I thought I better add again. Okay, chaotic times two, yeah. uh, or second time around. Yeah. What what makes you say chaotic for Kansas? Well, a lot of the guys <clears throat> that were contenders for the top eight had issues, and they were pretty dramatic issues. I think, like, what, two guys, two or three guys didn't have issues in the top eight? Uh, Yeah, about three. Yeah. Uh, of the top eight, about three didn't have issues. Yeah, just about everyone. And one of them was so far out in front, that's probably why he didn't have issues. Yeah, that's true. So, so chaotic, but, uh, lots of problems for lots of drivers. I'm sure we can talk about some of them more as we get into where the standings currently sit. Uh, but I think chaotic is a good word to describe it, huh, Amos? I agree. I'm going to say it was a nice change of pace, though. Nice change of pace, right? Okay, so we've been. Yeah, but you thrive on <laughs> chaos. So well, not not necessarily <laughs> chaos. My my thought for the change of pace is the races have been so predictable. We're going to yeah, get this is a. True. We're going to get a competition caution. We're going to have one more pit under green before the stage. We get into stage two. We're going to pick green. You know, this kind of mixed things up a little bit. This race, so. Kind of a little bit what we yeah. could say an old school race. Yeah, we've complained a little bit about the stage racing in the past. Um, I don't think 
that the stage racing is still my favorite even after this race, but there was definitely more intrigue into it as far as lots of guys having problems. Those problems were forcing strategies to change and early pit stops, and it seemed like about everyone except Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott blew a tire and almost wrecked into the wall in this race. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of interesting how it worked. Uh, I mean, we bring up the fact that it was a little less predictable, but four guys led a majority of the laps and it was still Kyle Larson that led a majority of the laps and won the race at the end of the day. So would we say, even with looking at that, that it was still uh, less predictable this time around, Amos? The outcome was the same as the last several, sure. But what happened to everybody from 2 to 40 kind of made it more predictable. <laughs> okay. Um, there, I think Chase Elliott screwed up late in the race, or he would have been the winner. Possibly Byron would have been the winner had he not had a penalty on pit road or what did he do? He had loose lug nuts or something, didn't he? And he had to start towards the middle of the pack on the last restart, so that hurt him. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Larson won and led a majority of the laps, but it's like he said in his post-race interview, he was probably actually the third best car on track. He just ended up having a few things go his way. They put him or give him the opportunity to run the last 45 laps in the lead. Right. I mean, another win for Kyle Larson. Um, let's start off talking about him, our race winner, unless you guys want to talk about anything more within the race. Um, I'm sure as we talk about some individual guys, we'll get to some you know, things that happen to them during the race. But does anyone else want to bring anything up about like the race specifically? Amos, no. Chris, you no. got anything? Well, they were kind of racing the rain a little bit. Yeah, but it never materialized. So the start, to, the start got a little rain delayed, right? So. Yeah. So there was always that consideration. They were everybody was watching the radar pretty closely, and wondering, okay, what's going to happen here? You know. Yeah. You know, other than that, it was a pretty straightforward race. I mean, when Kyle Larson got in the lead, he pretty much stayed there. <laughs> he stayed there. <laughs> well, there were a couple other guys that led laps, so um, this is true. It, it wasn't as dominating as Larson has been, but it did feel like, once again, he was one of the stronger, if not the strongest cars on the track, and it was maybe just inevitable until he got to the front and started leading a lot of laps. Um, so let's, let's talk about what this mean, that what this win means to Larson. I mean, Chris, what do you think this, well, let's see, what is it, eight wins? Nine wins. Nine, nine wins? Nine wins on the year nine so Nine wins and a $100 million check from the All-Star a race. A million dollar Sorry. check. <laughs> a million. Million. <laughs> million dollar check. Hey, it sounds better when you say $100 million. Uh, $100 million. dollar check from the All-Star race. What do you think, I mean, putting all this into context, nobody has won three consecutive races in two different times in the same season, right? So this is the second time this season he's won three races in a row. No one has done that since we go all the way back to 1987 when Dell Earnhardt did that in that 1987 season. So dominant, um, special, I don't whatever you want to say, like with all the context, what does the ninth win mean to Kyle Larson, Chris? Well, at the end of the day, it doesn't mean anything other than you know, he's secured to go on to the Final Four. Okay. Um, so, hold on. Let me stop you there. The season that he's having has to end in a championship for it to be special, real special. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's won nine races, you know, and 
I think people are ready to crown him the champion right now. Which, oh, I was ready after he won the All-Star race. Yeah, I know. But he's <laughs> got to get through that final race. And I think I heard a couple of people likening it to a couple of things today. Uh-huh. So like Major League Baseball, the two best teams in Major League Baseball this year are not in the World Series. We have a third-place team and a 12th-place team representing the National League and the American League, respectively, in the World Series. All right. You know, one year, the New England Patriots, and I don't for, I forget how many years ago it was, but one year, the New England Patriots were uh, undefeated on the season, went into the Super Bowl against the New York Giants, and the Giants handed them their butt. So it's not like you can go to it and say, well, Kyle Larson's had absolutely the best year this year. He should be the champion. Well, he was the season champion, the regular season champion. But in order for him to finish this out, he's got to – he doesn't have to win the final race, but he's got to finish better than the other three guys, you know, to be mm-hmm. the NASCAR champion. So I'm not a kind of a guy that likes to crown champions before the final lap is run. And I I personally am going to be kind of disappointed if Carl Kyle Larson does not win the championship. Yep. But I'm not going to be terribly surprised if he doesn't win the championship. Because whoever the other three guys are, they're going to be out, you know, they're going to be loaded for bear. They're going to be out there to win. And it's it's highly possible that he's not going to win the championship, even though he's really dominated the regular season and the playoffs. Well, I don't I don't know. I, I think it's pretty likely. So we'll see. I mean, Phoenix does add a different type of uh, factor into the equation because it's a different type of track. You know, it's not a typical oval track. It's not a typical half mile. I mean, it's just a weird configuration, and it's a different type of track. So we'll see. Um, Amos, do you want to say anything about what Chris said there or, or kind of push back on anything? Well, no. I, I mean, obviously the end result is to win a championship. So if you win 15 races and don't win a championship – then that I think that's a little bit of a blemish on your record. But to put in context his season, you know, nine race wins, all-star win, cool million, led the most laps in a single race in a in a season since they've implemented the 36-race schedule. You know, he didn't even race in NASCAR last year. So to come back and do all that, I mean, I know he's got a sponsor in HendrixCars.com, but in the same sense, it's like, doesn't you know his boss is sponsoring him type deal yeah so everything that he's doing is is phenomenal but i and he will be in the the chase the final four which is more than we can say for like you know kevin harvick last year he won nine races and didn't make it to the last and denny hamlin had to rely on a teammate being nice to him to get to get into the final four yeah so so kyle larson has you know cemented his place with two wins for sure so I'm not. I'm not going to anoint him the champion, but I think he's the guy to beat. Okay. I mean, he's I, run yeah, well on any track at the circuit so far this year. He finished seventh in the spring race in Phoenix. So I just, I don't know. I, I he may not win the race, but I'll bet he's top five and finishes. He'll be there. He's going to be a contender. So. Yeah, of course. Uh, It's funny, you brought up a stat that you just kind of like said, but I think it's worth repeating um, because you just really glossed over it. But he's led the most laps in a single season since NASCAR's went to the 36 
race schedule. I mean, that's insane. He passed Jeff Gordon for that. Uh, I just think that the, the dominance is not really being appreciated yet. Maybe because he hasn't won that championship. I don't know. But it just feels like he's been way more dominant than I think we even realize, and the numbers are sure backing it up. And then another thing that you brought up about Kyle Larson I found interesting is he's practically doing this with no sponsorship when it comes right down to it. Like, yes, Hendrick Cars, like you said, is a sponsor, uh, but it's his boss, right? So who is that company that's going to come along next season? Because there's got to be one. Like, I, if I had a company, I'd write a blank check and, you know, Put me on your car for all 36 races. I don't care because the kid's going to be out front and you're going to get a lot of money from it probably in the long run. So I, I don't know, like, what's it going to take. Um, but I, if I was – we've talked about this a little bit. If I was Valvoline, which has kind of sponsored some of his races, I'd be signing a big check to him um, because Valvoline is a NASCAR type of sponsor and it feels right to have it on the champion or at least a prominent car like Kyle Larson and the Hendrick five car. So I think it's pretty crazy that it's practically an unsponsored Hendrick funded thing and, and he's just beating up everybody. So, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, I just did a little math. Yeah. So, uh, he has led 2,397 laps. Left yeah, that's this a year. lot. If you add all the laps together that the next three guys have run, they don't come to that level. Really? Yeah. So, you, like, two, three, four? Uh, two, three, and four have only led 2,300 laps combined. What? That's crazy. Yeah. And Denny Hamlin is is the highest lap leader of those three hmm. at 1,300. So, he's even... 1,300. So He's even 1,000 laps less than wow. what Kyle Larson led. That's insane. So, as far as the sponsorship thing goes, I agree with you in the sense that whoever's not sponsoring him is missing a huge opportunity. Yeah. I think that those announcements will be made after the season's over with. Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, Hendrick Cars did say that they were going to sponsor him more next season, but that could easily change if someone come along and put forward a majority sponsorship, right? Right. But the thing you got to remember, too, is, is Hendrick Cars is a, is a massive yeah. corporation. Yeah, I mean, no I doubt. Mean, you know. I'm not I'm not bagging on the fact that it is sponsored by who it's sponsored by. I just think it's kind of crazy that your guy that's won nine races and the All-Star race and is the clubhouse leader to win the whole thing is sponsored by his owner at the end of the day. Like, yeah. you got uh, William Byron with a bunch of different sponsors, Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman, right? They get, he's got that big ally deal. And then hendrick's sponsoring the five car practically right. with his own type of company so yeah, but you i just find look, it astonishing you gotta look at it too like how how smart of a businessman is rick hendrick yeah <laughs> okay fair you enough know, you know what i mean good points well I that's mean, he's put his money on the on the guy and he like you said he's the clubhouse leader and i mean well it's, it's amos like, has talked like about i said this, in right? the last program you know they yeah. all got to be going well how do you like me now you know oh i totally think that's the attitude right now so, um, maybe not maybe not a public attitude. I don't know if you'd ever hear any of them say that, but behind closed doors, oh, I would yeah. definitely ha yeah. uh, feel that sentiment is is being passed around. Um, I don't know. I, th I think it's interesting, and Amos has talked about this. I think as soon as Larson had the problems that he had and the controversy erupted, uh, Hendrick knew exactly what he was going to do before he even – before the – news was even fresh off the press that Larson was gone. 
Hendrick was probably calling him up and saying, "Hey, I got an open seat for you." Like it was, it was an easy decision. One of the best calls he's probably made from a competitive standpoint <laughs> since well, what Jimmy Johnson? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> like, but that's seriously. but that's one thing that we that the NASCAR community and even us on this show haven't talked about. Like Hendrick, in a sense, took a chance. Yeah, on bringing Kyle Larson into the fold, he's had a full year off basically, and who n- knows what blowback he would get or odds and ends. So it's worked out well for Hendrick, but I mean that's one thing we don't talk about is he was he's the the, the genius behind the plan right now, and well, he's yeah, Kyle Larson's looking like a you know golden boy, and so's <laughs> Hendrick and. It was I mean, a smart decision. Um, I guess someone had to do it. Someone had to go out and take the risk on getting that type of backlash that did follow and you knew would follow him going to Hendrick. Right. But it's worked out. So it, it's been a good thing for Hendrick. And honestly, I do think it's also been a pretty good thing for the sport too because to see him do what he's doing is, is pretty fun to watch. And I've seen a lot of people be like, oh, NASCAR's kind of boring right now because the same guy's winning all the time. I, d- I don't know if that's necessarily a boring thing as much as it's just dominance and it's part of the sport. So I think I'd feel different about it. Maybe if it was like Kyle Busch or somebody that I didn't like that was winning all these races. <laughs> so it does make it a little easier to have Kyle Larson winning the races because I think he's harder to dislike by a lot of people's standards. So, all right. Uh, I think we spent a long time on the winner there. Uh, but a big win, another win to put on his belt. Uh, another stat that's interesting, he's got more wins this year than he had in his whole career with Chip Ganassi. So <laughs> we've talked about this, right? You can take a, a good driver and put him in a, even better equipment, and he's just that much better. And Kyle Larson's a prime example of that. So uh, let's talk about some other notable guys in this race and where they finished. Um, let's talk about William Byron for a minute, Amos. He finished six. He led 57 laps. He actually looked really good there for portions of the race. Um it just feels like, and I don't know if I said this to you last week or not, but it feels like he almost just missed the opportunity in that three-race stretch to potentially make a run towards that championship because that that really that three races where he got cut from the playoffs, I mean, that was maybe his worst stretch of races the entire year. And outside of that, and maybe like the last couple of races of the season, he was very consistent and he was one of the top performers, and we saw that again in Kansas. Right. But what took him out of contention from winning this race in Kansas? Bad luck, driver error, team error, something like you know. I, yep. I don't remember what it is. I don't know. We've looked it up, but that you know that what happened to Byron on Saturday kind of summed up his season. You know, I'm running up front, we're doing good, and something happens, puts us in the back, and then we got to fight our way back through. And he was probably first or second best car of the race, in my opinion. But when you restart with 45 laps left and you're 14th or whatever you're doesn't matter how good a car you are you're gonna have a very hard time making up that much ground so yep um but i think that's kind of how byron's season's been he had what 11 races where he finished in the top 10 and then after that it was kind of not necessarily his fault on finishing order towards the end of the regular season and then he gets into the chase and kind of gets caught up in the wash with some other stuff so but like I like I've said through the year, he'll be a star in the sport. His his opportunity to shine is coming. It's just you know maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but 
He's put himself in a good position to stay with Hendrick, to keep a good sponsor, and to obviously win some races and, and right. uh, have a successful career in NASCAR. So I actually <laughs> – so I don't know if – so the Petty brother that's on NBC um, – Kyle Petty. Kyle Petty, yes. Thank you. They do a podcast, and it's I think it's also like simultaneously broadcast on NBC Sports Network. Uh, but I think he – said something along the lines that William Byron is going to go down as one of those Matt Rushmore guys at the end of the day. Um, and I don't necessarily want to like, you know, say that's a dumb opinion or whatever. Uh, do you put much stock into that type of opinion? think William Byron has the potential to be that good. I mean, so you're, so Kyle Petty's saying he's going to be up there with Jimmy Johnson, Dale Earnhardt, Jeff Gordon, Kyle, uh, Richard Petty. Yeah. Them guys, Richard Pearson or David Pearson. Hmm. I right now, thus far in his career, I'm gonna say no. Yeah. Obviously that can change. He's in a phenomenal team, great race team, great sponsor. So I mean, is there the opportunity? Sure. Yes. But I just don't know if NASCAR in this day and age is gonna be dominated by one person like it was through seventies, eighties. Mm. The early, you know, even the '90s to a degree. So that's a bold statement, and that's I just I don't too. know if I agree with it. You want to add anything about William Byron here, Chris? Well, I think he has the potential to be a very good driver. Yep. And you know, early in the season, we were well. I was kind of high on him because he was consistently in the top five, and then he he had a run of bad luck had some inconsistencies and some bad finishes and things like that. I agree with Amos when he says that NASCAR isn't as easy to dominate in as it was yep. even 10 years ago when you're right down to it. Do I think he's going to be a Mount Rushmore driver? Probably not. Because, I mean, you think about it. He's going to have to accumulate around 100 wins. Yeah. You know, in in the Cup Series to be qualified for that Mount Rushmore status, and he's not anywhere close to Kyle Busch, and I I can't even remember what Kyle Busch is at. I think he's at like forty wins in the Cup Series. He's going to have to do a lot of winning in a big hurry to get caught up to even Kyle Busch. Sure, I mean NASCAR careers can last a considerable amount of time, but well, even Kyle Busch was having a lot of. I don't know if I want to say a lot more success, but I feel like he was having more success at a younger age, like William of William well, Byron's age potentially than I, Byron has. I kind of have an opinion that, particularly with race car drivers, they have a lot of success right up until a couple of things happen. Yeah, they get married, they have children, <laughs> okay. they get older, and it's kind of like, do I want to take? Do I want to put? Do I want to put my car, that four-wide car, on a three-wide track? Do I want to dive down below the white line on a short track to pass seven guys? Yeah. You know, they kind of start playing the odds in their mind. And and as they get older and they get, I, I won't even say more mature, but it kind of is maturity thing, they get to a point where they just, nah, I'm not going to stick my nose in there. I'm not going to run that risk. Okay. You know. So... So what you're saying to William Byron is don't get married and you'll be fine. 
Or have children. Or have children. <laughs> Interesting take there from Chris. Well, uh, I mean, no, I know, I know that's not what you're saying. Like, well, but look at funny. look back on the drivers that were, you know, really stupendous. And I look at Kyle Busch's early career compared to his recent career, and he's got a lot more wins in his early career than he's got in his recent career. Well, he did win a championship though recently. So, well, three years ago. Oh, that's still recent. Yeah, but. You know, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> wow. So harsh on Kyle Busch, huh? Your favorite driver, by the way, so you know, well, a little harsher. I, you know, and the thing is, I say all these things, but I got to say, I think Kyle Busch has been a far more intelligent driver this year as far as big picture type racing than yeah. he's had in any previous season that I, I can recall. And you've said that all... Kind of all season, so that's nothing new. Um, let's talk about a couple other guys that are in the playoffs right now, but still notable. Uh, Kurt Busch finished fourth, led a couple laps, was up front majority of the day. Uh, what do you think his performance, Chris? Well, I think he's making a statement. Uh-oh. I really honestly do. I, th- I mean, Kurt Busch has nothing to lose at this point in time and everything to gain in the sense that he, he's got a position at 23XI, Okay, they don't have a charter, but that's irrelevant at this well, point. Well, for in time. now, yeah. right? Um, but I think he's making a statement. I think he's, you know, he wants to go into 23XI on a winning note, I'm sure. And he kind of wants to leave Chip Canassi racing saying, well, you know, Trackhouse, you probably should have hired me instead of Ross Chastain. Ooh. You know what I mean? Ooh, we're throwing it because, out there. Huh? Well, I mean, look where Ross Chastain's finishing compared to where Kurt Busch is finishing. Well, finishing. I would like to say, though, that once the playoffs kind of started, Chastain kind of went under the radar a little bit. He was having much better performances pre-Chase than he oh, is oh. lately. But, yes, I, I okay, understand your point. But what Kurt is doing is he's getting up there and he's racing the top guns, shall we say. <laughs> okay. And, and in a sense, being a spoiler, and I'm fine with that, you know, I'm not going to be real happy if he takes somebody out, but I don't think he's that kind of a driver. I think he'll do everything he can to avoid taking somebody out. Oh, are you referencing someone? That's in the championship. (laughs) Well, we like Tyler Reddick, but the problem with Tyler Reddick is is he was getting in there bumping and grinding with, with the leaders, I mean the leader leaders, and I was not, I didn't care if he raced them. I just didn't want him. Affecting it, yeah, sure, you know, yeah, right. and and that kind of kind of turned me off a little bit. Okay, wow, okay. Uh, so let's talk about the playoff drivers and their day. Unless anyone else has anyone not in the playoffs still currently that they'd like to bring up, Amos. No, I'm good. Chris, <clears throat> I want to say that I think Stuart Haas has got got some of their problems figured out. Okay, because Kevin Harvick's been pretty racy the last three four races. Yeah, but and then everyone I, else has been. But yeah. then I look at the other cars in that organization. And I go, yeah, not so much. They've still kind of struggled. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. I mean, Kevin Harvick. This is a weird thing. Is Kevin Harvick really hasn't done anything differently, in my opinion, the last couple of weeks, even though he's looked better than he's been doing all season. He's just been even closer to the front. Uh, but he's hardly led any laps at all. So and yeah. he didn't lead any this weekend. And. Well, and I, I look at the other three cars, and, you know, you got 18th, 19th, and uh, 26th. Yeah. So. It's not very good. <laughs> they didn't. They don't have it figured out. All right. Let's start at the bottom of the current standings and work our way up. Uh, so at the bottom of the standings right now, 26 
excuse me, 26 points below the cut line is Joey Logano. I, I want to say he had a good day. Uh, his finishing spot probably wasn't ideal. I think he definitely could have finished better. I think he had a top five, top three type of car. Um, you know, just, just kind of how Joey Logano has been going, though, is he's consistent, but it still leaves a little bit to be desired for me as far as his finishing order usually goes. So well, he, he was, finishes. He was ninth. Well, he did finish ninth, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. I just feel like he had a better car than that, and I think Kansas was a better opportunity for him than than it ended up being. But it did lead 22 laps. He made up some ground in the points. I don't know. I, I'm sticking a fork in him. I think he's done. Uh, Amos, what do you what do you want to say about Logano, though? You've been his biggest supporter of the three of us here, and okay. even though I'm his fan. <laughs> well, I have, and I did say, let's see how he does in Kansas. And he didn't have a result that he probably needed to. No, sure it was the top ten, but did he get? He did. Did he get any stage points? Uh, no, that was the other thing. They didn't yeah, score stage did, points. Yeah, stage so points. like, so if you're scoring stage points in both stages, then you're contending for the race, or you have a consistent top ten car. Obviously, he didn't have that. He did lead some laps, but that was kind of based on some weird pitch strategy that was going on and it kind of worked for him but well he stayed out in front right for that long period uh, in the second stage right yeah and it didn't end up working out for stage points but he led laps so right and yeah i have i've been a fan of joey logano since the chase started even before but i think the titanic's going down and i'm looking for a rowboat so Wow. Okay. Um, so just, just as ooh. easy as you jumped on, you're jumped on. No, I not easily jumped on. I've yep. been a fan of Logano the whole off, time. Man. But yeah, I think I'm off because I just, I just look at the finish that the Penske cars in general had this season or this this race. Yep. And I know that Blaney wasn't necessarily his fault. Well, it wasn't his fault. Ooh, he was just kind of wrong place, wrong time. Kislowski and Logano, they just didn't really have that good a race. And I think Kansas, Martinsville, especially Phoenix, obviously you got to be firing on all cylinders, whether it's good luck or just having a great race car based on what your team brought. So, yep. Yeah, I, I mean, I like Logano and I was feeling it, but not this, not after this week. Not weekend. anymore, and I did, huh? I did say that in the lost episode of last week that <laughs> the lost, you know, episode. If, if he come out, had a top five, gave him some stage points, was contending for the win, yep. then I'd feel better about him going into Martinsville. And that it, it wouldn't need to be must win to move on. Obviously it is now, but I don't even know if he can do it at Martinsville. I think, well, let's not say that, because he can win at Martinsville. He's won there in the past. I just don't know if the prospects look very good for right. him to win. And that's win, what I'm right? saying. He can win, sure. He can win on any track in the circuit. Yeah. But I don't know that he has Eric Amarola's luck where he's just going to show up to New Hampshire and luck into a win. So, I mean, I think he'll race well, but I just don't know if it's going to be enough to move him on. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, we'll have to see. One one of my guys, but uh, this uh, last few races, I don't, just don't think the high level of consistency has been there like he needed it to be. And obviously the wins too. So, uh, Chris, you want to add anything with Joey? Uh, at this point in time, I'm not betting on any any Fords. Any for, Fords for any 
kind of stellar performance at Martinsville. Okay. Uh, Brian Blaney, Brad Kozlowski, Joey Logano, they're all in the chase, but I'm not looking for them to do well at Martinsville. Uh, and I, you know, frankly, I hope I'm way off base, but something's wrong with the Fords this year. Something is just, it's a half a step off. It's the mm. quarter turn on the, you know, spring rate. Something is off on those Fords, and they're they're just not catching up. Well, the Stuart Haas have been off all year. Uh, but the Penske, I don't know if they've really been up to what we'd expect either because, what, Logano's got one win, and Blaney's got two or three, and Kislowski lucked into one, so... So Blaney's yeah, got three. Yeah, they don't got many wins. Well, wait a minute. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Yeah, Blaney has three. Kozlowski has one, and Logano has one. Yeah, so, it's, so I don't think that's up to really what we expected for Penske coming into the year. Um, Amos was definitely on the Penske train coming into this year, but I don't think they've really well, I, I lived up to Well, I think we all were, kind of. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. But Amos was picking them for all the preseason team stuff. and Yeah, I just don't know if the Fords have necessarily done what we thought they would. Um, of course, you and I picked Kurt Busch to be in the top four. So. <laughs> that was a joke, okay? You how were right, serious. I was joking. How uh, we have been? Number seven right now in the standings, six points behind the cut line. So from here on out, I mean, Logano does have a chance. But from here on out, everyone, in my opinion, um, has a chance to still make it in realistically Le- with, without on- a win. Le- Logano's only chance of getting in. Yeah. Is a win. Yeah, I would agree. Um, that, but that's his absolute only pathway to get into the four. Everyone else, with the exclusion of Kyle Larson, because he's already got a win, so he's already in the next round, no matter what, can either still be eliminated or still make it into that next phase. So let's talk about them all here. Uh, Brad Kislowski, Chris, do you like his prospects in Martinsville? I mean, I know you just said you weren't on the Fords, but Brad Kislowski has actually done a little bit better than I thought he would in the playoffs. Uh, didn't do very good. In Kansas, finished 17th, maybe had a little rougher race than you would like there. Um, what what do you think of his chances moving forward? Well, he's only six points out. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not an insurmountable number by any stretch of the imagination. No, it's not. But you we're know. talking about Brad Keselowski. Well, so. <laughs> y- but yeah, we are talking about Brad Keselowski, and he has won at Martinsville in a dominating fashion in the past. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know. Six points isn't out, out of the realm of, you know, overtaking, you know, Kyle Busch. I mean, if you look at it like that, you know, he could easily do that. You know, he could he could knock Kyle Busch out pretty easily with a, a good finish at Martinsville. So what's the likelihood that you think he has a good performance in Martinsville, maybe even contends for a win? Uh, again, I'm going to go revert back to what I said about the Fords. I just... I think as a corporation, they're just off a half a click, and I don't look for them to be that much better at Martinsville than they've been at Kansas and Texas and any other track you want to name. All right. Uh, we've all been pretty down on Brad. I don't give him high chances. Amos, do you want to add anything there? Not really. I mean, just looking back at the spring race in Martinsville, he finished eighth and sixth in the two races. Uh Caught up in an accident on lap 385, it looks like. So, had a decent car, but I think he's going to have to have top five cars, going to have to have stage points. He's got to lead some laps. Uh, I think stage points are probably going to be the most important thing for him, honestly. With how close the margins could be between fourth and all the way down to seventh, 
And then, you know, maybe Denny Hamlin or Chase Elliott has problems. They could be added into the mix, too. So we'll see. Um, Martin Truex Jr., three points behind the cut line. He's in sixth. I've been riding the train. Uh, didn't really give me what I was hoping for in Kansas. I, I was hoping for a win. He finishes seventh. He never really seemed, like, on, but he wasn't necessarily off. So I don't know. Um, I just I, – he keeps talking about in his post-race interviews, and, Amos, you brought this up, when this round started. Uh, but he's always bringing up how the car's not right. And it doesn't matter how good I feel or how good the track is or his history or whatever on the track. If the car isn't right, he's just not doing very good. And we've kind of seen that happen. Um, what do you think Martin Truex's chances are moving forward, though? Well, he's got his, a, a good chance. I mean, he was the race winner in the spring. He's done well in Martinsville in the past. The only thing that I see being a a roadblock for them is what he's talking about in his post-race interviews is the car. And he's just – I don't know if the pressure gets getting to a, that team. I don't know how it's all falling out, but I just, I just don't know if they're going to be able to rise to the task at hand. I, I agree with you. I don't think he's in a must-win situation to move on, but he's – He's in the same boat as Kozlowski. He's got to be top five. He's got to be getting stage points. He's got to be leading laps, which obviously he can in Martinsville. So, But I think it's going to be a little hard for him also just based on his attitude towards the car and kind of how their last several races have finished out. So he's won three of the last four in Martinsville, second race in 2019, first race of 2020, and then the first time we went there this year. Chris, do you think that gives him good confidence going into next week? Or is the car and all the talk around the car going to be what holds him back? I don't think it hurts his confidence simply because all they've got to do is bring the same setup that they used to win those three races. And, you know, I I think in reality he's probably the most confident guy going into Martinsville. The because, most. Well, yeah, he's, he's got three out of four wins. Mm, okay. You know, and they know the setup. They know what it's going to take to win the race. So it's just going to be a function of keeping up with the track and making those necessary adjustments at the appropriate time. Do you think that he should be a favorite to win this race? Yeah, I do. And that's, you know, when we get down to that, that's who I'm going to pick. Okay. I, I've already decided that. we got to steal the pick out from under him then. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah well... I think I get first pick this time because I think I didn't do really well on my pick last week. Well, we'll get to that later. Um, finish, sitting in fifth right now, one point behind the cut line. Uh, pretty much everything left for this guy to race for into the final four. Uh, so it's Ryan Blaney. Chris, do you like Ryan Blaney moving into Martinsville? I don't know if this would necessarily be the track I'd want to have if I was Ryan Blaney uh, going into a must-perform-really-well-or-potentially-win race. Um, with that being said, what, what's your opinion on Blaney? I don't think he's got as good an opportunity coming up as Martin Truex does. Okay. And, man, I hate to say it, but, boy, bad luck is just – he's got this little cloud floating over his head, and, you know, you know at some point in time, somewhere in the race, it's going to bite him on the rear end, and I, I can't seem to see him shaking that little black cloud. So he led the second most laps uh, at Martinsville last time around. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, he won both stages in that first yes, race that's too. 
Uh, he amassed a huge number of points, finished 11th at the end of the day. Do you think that was fluky, Amos, or do you think he can repeat that but hold on and be consistent throughout the whole race to complete the performance? I just, and I ask this because I, I think of a track like Martinsville, and I don't necessarily associate that as a successful or potentially successful place for Ryan Blaney with what he typically does well on when it comes to, you know, the faster, kind of more Atlanta, Texas style of tracks. Yeah, I think I think he can repeat some of the success he had. I don't know that he's going to go out and lead, what, another 157 laps and two stage wins. Yep. I mean, that's what he needs to do. He needs stage points. He needs to be racing up front. I mean... I've said that about everybody, but we are talking about the cut drivers. I think he I mean, I'm with Chris. I just, one for bad luck, Blaney wouldn't have any luck at all. His time's coming. If he makes it into the chase, I'm fine with that. I think, you know, in the final race, I, I, I think he would be deserving of the position. I wouldn't be 100% surprised if he made it, but I just don't know that the luck he's having – and how he kind of has two or three bad races in a row and two or three good races and two or three bad races. So I just don't know that that's a formula for success. And I think, you know, if that holds true, then he's might be in a little trouble on s- Sunday against in Martinsville. His, uh, him crashing out of this race in Kansas and only scoring, he scored one point the entire day. Uh, I think he had a good car, though, for the most part, right? He was... Top 10, pretty consistent, um, pretty, I don't know if I would say one of the best drivers, but I would say pretty much one of the top drivers on the day for sure. Uh, and then he and then he wrecks out, scores one point. I mean, it just shows you how much things can change with just one little wrong thing going your way or not going your way. And he finds himself one point below the cut line in fifth. We'll see how it goes for him in Martinsville. I'm, I'm a little concerned about his chances. Uh, but I don't like that he if i'm another driver if he does make it past this round i'm not liking the prospects of having to race against him in the final because for whatever reason blaney just feels like if he gets that final race he could maybe pull off something Hmm. it's almost like a chase Elliott situation where you just never know (laughs) yeah i mean that's a possibility he's got he doesn't have to win but he kind of does have to win yeah to move on and well, I, with all the other drivers in the field that are typically strong at Martinsville, he's gotta he's gotta do something, you know, better or be above those guys with hit the position he's in, or hope someone has bad luck. So, <laughs> which you can't always count on. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back talk about our top four drivers currently as they stand, prospects that all of them could move on or maybe not. We do know Kyle Larson's moving on though, so we can say that for for certain make our picks for the martinsville win and we'll review our results from our picks in kansas (laughs) very interesting Uh, we'll be right back great welcome back ladies and gentlemen you're listening to electric sports talk we're talking nascar today uh let's take a little break from nascar action guys the world series Game one is on tonight as we record. Um, Amos, I know you don't follow baseball very much, but who are you guys going with, the Braves or the Astros? Chris? Well, I'm having a hard time backing the Braves because they, oh, they beat my team. Oh, yeah. 
The yeah, Dodgers. see, we're kind of like on the same wavelength, but opposite sides here. But, but well, yeah, the Astros beat your team, so yeah. it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to go with the Braves. You're going to go with the Braves, though. Amos, yeah. who you wanted to win this? I know you're an avid baseball fan. <laughs> I think the Astros should win just based on the fact that they are no longer quote-unquote cheating. Mm. So... It would if they win, it. it could silence some critics, maybe. It kind of would, actually. When it boils down yeah. to it, whoever wins is, I'm fine with either team that wins. It's cool. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm going with the Braves, so I picked them to be in the World Series. Plus, I don't like the Astros after they beat my Red Sox. They were, we were this close. We were this close. Um, I don't. It's in almost game like three, all right. So this close. is if you guys don't know baseball, this is like how it went for the Red Sox, right? I'm Kyle Larson. I just won three races in a row, and then I don't win another race for the rest of the. I mean, there's only two races left. But say, like, you know, we had more than two. You don't win the championship. Yeah, you you just – they were hitting the ball so much, and then it just left them. All right, um, we are going to talk about the remaining four guys in the playoffs who currently sit above the cut line, uh, those four being Kyle Busch, Danny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, and Kyle Larson, who has secured his spot to the next round already. Um, so let's talk about Kyle Busch. Uh, <laughs> Chris, Kyle Busch fan, has problems early. Um I don't know if you've like been very supportive of him because you, you well, I don't know if I should say that because you're the only guy that didn't pick him to go out this round. Uh, but I feel like you've been pretty harsh on him. But what did you think of how he did in Texas? 28th, really fought through a lot, uh, but still finds himself above the cut line. Well, after he whacked the wall the first time. <laughs> <laughs> how many times did he do it? Like four or five? Uh, I, he hit the wall quite a few times. In one lap. <laughs> in one lap, yeah. Hilarious. After he After he whacked the wall the first time, he pretty much uh, put a tombstone on his car and said, this thing's junk, it's dead. Wow. <laughs> There's no sense in doing it. Well, anyway, the crew persevered, got him back out there. And he was actually running pretty sporty until yeah. he whacked the wall the second time. Yep, again. Didn't he work his way all the way back in the top ten or something? He, yeah, right? he was running like eighth or ninth yeah. after the first whack of the wall. But the second whack of the wall, I think that pretty well did him in. And yep. he, he never was able to really regain it then. I think he ended up finishing, what, 28th or something like that? Yep, 28th. So. I mean, he scored 11 points, which is 10 more than Ryan Blaney. And that's why he finds himself in the position he's in. Uh, lots of other drivers below him had problems, and it's kind of put him in a really good position. I don't know if you want to say really good, but it's put him in a better position than other guys uh, having the advantage going into this race. So do you push, do you support him to move on to the next round here, Chris? Or well, with Martinsville, I, I he's typically pretty good there, but what do you think his chances are this time? He has dominated at Martinsville in the past pretty you know, pretty substantially. But given his inconsistencies as of late, I don't look for him to have that kind of a race this go-around. Maybe the inconsistencies, though, is going to be in his favor this time, and he'll be good. Yeah. Well, we can surely hope so. I, <laughs> we No, no, just you. <laughs> I don't you like and it. maybe like four I other listeners. I don't like it when you have to rely on somebody else's bad luck to advance. Oh, so you don't even think that you don't think he'll have a very good race this week, huh? I'm not not optimistic he's gonna no. Amos, what do you want to throw in here with Kyle Bush? If anything. Same thing I've been saying through the whole last ten chase races. Or eight chase races. He's he is in the spot he is is because of somebody else's bad luck. Ooh. He's just not <laughs> running the way he should be 
in order to to be competitive for the championship. Yep. Yeah, he very well could come out, finish top five, cement Blaney to the uh, fifth place in the chase, but I just don't look for him to be that competitive in Phoenix. Yep. I mean, I just I'm not saying that he's a that he couldn't do it, but just based on how he's run lately, he's I just don't see the team in general being a championship caliber team right now. So it's pretty funny. Uh, we could go back to previous episodes that I indeed did publish, and <laughs> we could find us talking about how Kyle Busch is the third guy, right? Like entering the playoffs, it was it was Kyle Larson, Danny Hamlin, and Kyle Busch. That was our kind of our consensus when the playoffs were starting about who would be your final four. And then it was kind of like, oh, okay, if it's those three, then who's the last guy into the final four? And I was pretty convinced that Kyle Busch was going to go into the playoffs and have a really good run and potentially make a late-season run for a playoff, uh, for a title push. Uh, it hasn't really worked out that way, so is it more surprising that he's struggling based on how we were acting coming into the playoffs, or are we not that surprised and maybe we got way too... Uh, bought into the late season success that he had, Amos. Well, I'd have to go back and listen to some of your previous episodes to see just how <laughs> high and mighty all of us were. I don't think I've had him going on to the top four at all this season, have I? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was a pretty consensus thing entering the playoffs that he was kind of the third guy. Because, Or there was even times when we were talking about, is it Kyle Busch versus the three Hendrick cars? Well, maybe right. like we've maybe. talked about it. We have bit. talked about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. During the midsummer run, he was mixing it up with the three hundred cars. So to, sure, like, maybe we said you... that. Maybe we yeah. said that at the start of the chase. But I've been saying the last several podcasts, he's just not running. He's just not consistent enough to make it to the final race. I just, mm-hmm. it's not that he doesn't have the talent. It's not that he isn't on a top level team just for whatever reason they are struggling at a few of these tracks that he should do well on and or that we've run on in earlier in the year and they've just not been able to capitalize on any race data from there. So, mm. um, you know, it's hard to pinpoint what's going on there because I feel like his car is the same as Trex Jr.'s car. So maybe I think they're kind of both battling the same issues. You listen – to them talk about their car, and it's just junk. It's junk all the well, time. They're Kyle not running Bush, fast. They don't have the pace. So, Kyle Busch's car is always junk unless he's winning, though. So Sure, but you can really tell when his car is junk, and it was, it's been that way. Yeah. It's not been junk, but it's not been at the level that it needs to be to be able to put yourself in the chain to run for a championship. All right. Well, interesting. He'd, he'd probably do better if he quit trying to adjust it by hitting the wall, though. Yeah. He'd probably have a little more yeah. competitive car. <laughs> you think he's he just, doing that on purpose? If he just <laughs> let the pit crew adjust it instead of whacking the wall to try to adjust it. All right. Denny Hamlin sits in third, 32 points above the cut line. How safe is Denny Amos, considering that Martinsville is a pretty solid track for him, or at least it has been in the past, and He's had success there. Uh, so what what do you think with Denny Hamlin here? So based on Denny Hamlin's Martinsville performance, his performance through a majority of this season, he's not a shoe-in by any means. 
I'm not going to pick him to be the race winner, but I feel like he moves on. He'll be in the top five. He's going to lead some laps. He's going to be, he's going to have something to say about it at the end of the race. So I don't think they're like, you know, putting his face on the final four going into the Phoenix race, but I feel like they're pretty confident that they can have a few shirts printed up anyway. So, yeah, I think I would feel pretty confident about putting them in there. Um, Chris, would you say any different about Denny Hamlin? I know that you're always the one to find ways to rain on Denny Hamlin's parade, so we'd love to hear it. <laughs> I prefer it to be something more like piss on his parade. But, <laughs> but <laughs> Okay, he'll take it. Uh, A little more than I think what we were going for, but we get uh, the effect. Yeah, anyway, that was funny. <laughs> I Look, I don't think anybody is secure going into the top four except Kyle Larson. Obviously. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, bad things can happen at Martinsville, and mm-hmm. they can happen really quick in very few laps. Yep. And I agree that Martinsville is a pretty good track for Denny Hamlin, but it's also been a very disastrous track for Denny Hamlin. He is, like you said, 34 points to the good, but if he had the kind of luck that Brian Blaney had or that Kyle Busch had or, you know, name any of the top eight had in the last couple of races, he could drop out of the top four pretty quickly. Five wins at Martinsville. Hasn't won one since 2015, though. So is it is – it, what's a good word for it? Is it like unrealistic to think that he could walk into this race and win it even though – he has had this success, but it hasn't been for a while. Like, do you still think he could walk in and win the race? Well, if you take Chase Elliott and Carl, Kyle Larson out of the field, yeah, it's possible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all right. <laughs> let's get realistic about this. Martin Trish, take him out of the field. Yeah, Denny Hamlin could win it so going away. You think You think uh, Larson's going to have success here? Look, the way Kyle Larson's run this year. Yeah. Convince me I'm wrong. Well, this is just the type of track. Um, I, I sometimes know. I just feel like tracks but, make races. You but know. he goes into every damn track thing, and we think, yeah, he's not going to have a good race because it's just not his kind of track. <laughs> and then what does he do? He has a good race. Yeah. Finished exactly. fifth in the spring, so. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll see. And really, when you get right down to it, there's a couple of guys that all they got to do is, you know, finish ahead of Denny Hamlin, and he's out. I doubt it. 32 points to the good? He's got to have problems for that to happen, but it's possible. Uh, I think I think that he will feel secure as long as he stays on the track. Um, another guy that might feel secure staying on the track, thirty-four points to the good, should have some success or maybe even a potential chance to win this race uh, when it comes down to it. Chase Elliott, do you like his chances moving forward, Chris? You were the only one of the three of us that had him going out this round. What do you think, though? Well, based on the way he raced at Kansas and the comeback that he had at Kansas and the fact that he was – he literally was ready to throw that car away to overtake Kyle Larson. I mean, he, he – could have won the race. Those, really. those last 10, 15 laps, I mean, it was pretty phenomenal to watch him close the gap on Kyle Larson. And I, I, I kind of sat there and I watched it and I thought, well, is he racing that much farther, faster, or is Kyle Larson playing with him? Because at the end of the day – Kyle Larson pushed him into making some 
dumb moves that basically cost Chase Elliott the race. I like his chances at Martinsville pretty pretty good because if he goes into there with the attitude he had at Kansas, I think he could win it. So you like his chances as far as to win the race? Yeah. Not just to move on, but to win? Yeah. Okay. Um, and, of course, he'd move on if he wants it. Right. I mean, I think if he just finishes the race in a top 10 position, which I think is realistic and very possible, uh, he'll be into the next round, and we'll just see what happens. I I didn't really expect him to potentially be in a position to repeat, but if he does get through this race and makes it to that final race, I don't know why anyone would think he couldn't win it at the end of the day. So, um, Amos, do you think that Chase Elliott should be a favorite because he won the same race last year, or do you think that was just kind of a little bit of luck and it was the right things coming together for him to make that championship run and win it at the end of the day? Uh, What do you give... Elliott's chances of winning this race. Not moving on, but winning. Winning the race? Well, I think he's going to be in the top five. I think he's going to have a pretty good day. I feel like he'll be, he'll have something to say about it at the end of the race. He finished second last year, or uh, in the spring, obviously won this race last year in the fall. Um, Finished fourth in both stages in the spring race. He's, I think the nines team, the nines car has, had a pretty good short track record over the last two or three seasons. So I I don't know that he necessarily is going to just walk in, dominate, and win. I think he has the opportunity. But I I dare say that Hendrick is talking with him through this early part of the week and saying, look, boy, let's just finish the race. Let's yeah. just, you know, if the win's there, take it. But let's keep defenders clean. Let's be smart. I'm sure that he's <laughs> Mr. Hendricks having the same talk with all the pit crew, and so <laughs> oh gosh, you know, the pit crew for him. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, they've had some stupid luck, like Byron's had, that's put him behind the eight ball and had to work harder than it wouldn't. It needs to be. Yep. And honestly, the Kansas race, the last, so the second to last restart, he gets pushed out into the lead. He's running away with it. Dylan and Blaney tangle up. They have another restart, and he's the leader, so he has lane choice. He picks the inside lane. Nobody's picked the inside lane the entire race. It wasn't beneficial, no. No, and Harvick just run him over and pushed him back to 10th, and sure, he raced his way back up to finish second, but had he been in the outside lane, like Kyle Larson was, he would have sailed off into turn one and run away from everybody and won that race going away. Yeah. But that that's kind of my point. Like, I'm sure Hendrick and them guys are like, come on, dude, let's have some smarter choices here and let's not take ourselves out of the race. Let's give ourselves the opportunity to move on. So I don't know if he's in it to win it this week, but I feel like he has a decent enough race to move on into the final race. All right. I think he can get to the final race, no problem. Uh, I think it'll be interesting mostly to see if he does indeed make that final race. Like, for me, I'm not really looking forward as much to this week for Elliott as potentially next week. So, or the next week is, I guess, how I should say. So, uh, we have an interesting situation going here. We could potentially have both of your drivers in the final four. Uh, Chris has mentioned in the past, you know, he'll storm the track somehow if Kyle Bush wins the championship while we're there. Um, Amos, do you want to make the same commitment? Are you storming the track if Chase Elliott wins the race? Well, wins the championship, I should say. 
Sure, I guess I could give it a shot, but that's a pretty tall fence they have around <laughs> there. Could be. Um, I would be very excited. I would want to be on the infield if that did happen. I'm still waiting for Electric Sports Talk to get yeah, us some yeah, media going. credentials so we can kind of cruise. Dude, the I can't road, even but... publish episodes correctly. How do you think we're going to get credentials? Well, you know, maybe you'll <laughs> screw up and get us a pit pass too. I mean, yeah, I'm, maybe. I'm kind of relying more on the mercy of an older person. You know, he'll look at me and go, "Yeah, that guy deserves to be down there because he's." <laughs> He ain't got Let that many in, left. Push him through. Um, yeah, we'll see. I will be. I would sure. I'd love to storm the track. It'd be great. I mean, yeah. that'd be two in a row. And yeah, if he wins Phoenix, I'll be very happy. I'll do my best to get to the track, but <laughs> I'll probably be the only guy in the storming the track that gets tased or shot by security. So. Are you going to be wearing your Mountain Dew hat in Phoenix? This is no, my big question. It's on Mountain Dew. Oh, they, okay. I'm going to try and go to Phoenix and buy a new hat or something, but... I'm telling man, you, you Mountain should have bought the Pink Hooters hat when we were there, but... I know, you didn't but like you're... That yeah, you know how that would have went over with my wife, so... That would have been awesome, um, actually. But no, I, I mean, I'm, I would like to... I'll try and find a different hat for sure, but uh, no, Mountain Dew, they bailed on him, so what do I want to... I mean, it's my favorite drink, but they bailed on my favorite driver, so... Quick side note on Mountain Dew. Uh, they had a little in-car camera, right, when they were bringing up the Mountain Dew sponsor, and it was on Brad Keselowski's in-car cam. Is there any conspiracies that maybe Mountain Ooh. Dew could jump on the six next year? Yeah, there is, and that would really upset me. I'd have to find a new drink. <laughs> that would upset you. Oh, that'd be hilarious. I don't drink Mountain Dew anyway, so I don't care. It's Pepsi, yeah, you drink Diet Pepsi. Yeah, That's a Pepsi, Pepsi product. product. Yeah, but Diet Pepsi, you know, that's been a real conundrum for me because Diet Pepsi, the only real driver they've really got behind, you know, is Jeff Gordon, and I just had a hard time. Well, Pepsi was more like race sponsors than track sp- or uh, driver sponsors. I mean, they haven't well, much. They but. had uh, Jeff Gordon, and I think God, I can't remember who else, but a couple of them had actual what you know where they yeah spokesman Associates. for the brand like yeah. before Coke was too big into. The- All yeah. right, we're getting way off topic yeah, well, here talking about yeah. soda. Um, let's finish <laughs> up the conversation well, well, we, here on Kyle Larson. Could start talking about beer, I guess, but you can't sponsor a car with beer anymore. Well, not, uh, there's not very many of those either. Harvick. Yeah, yeah that's true. but that's kind of. Oh, Keystone. Do you there's the, no other sponsor like the bullet. Budweiser on. Do you remember okay, the Halcyon the silver days of Budweiser sporting Dale Jr. Everybody wore Budweiser. Amos has a diecast of. The number the Bud- eight Budweiser car. It's oh pretty cool. Gosh. Yeah, you better hang on to that. That might be worth something someday. Where so, is it? I don't even know where it somebody is. Somebody might he used give to you like have it put away. in his room and all the stuff. Probably in the safe. You couldn't oh, even touch it's it. It's not in the safe, but it's it's stored. So it's yeah. probably in yeah. the safe next to that gold bar he's got, you know. Yeah, gold bar. That'd be nice. All right, let's, let's get back on track here. Um we live in old sponsorships. Like that's really what the people want to hear out there. Glory days. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day when Melling used to Melling used yeah. to come on pony back through the Pony Express. No, they, That's how far they back used Chris to sponsor goes. they used to sponsor <laughs> Bill Elliott, man. The US Postal Mel? No, Melling. Oh, like the oil pumps, the, oh. you know. What are you talking about? We're just talking about soda, beer. He's on oil. All right. Uh let's hey, let's finish off nice our show. driver, playoff drivers. Uh, scenarios for them to move on because we don't really have to have a scenario for this driver to move on. He's already in. Two wins in this stage secures his spot to the final in Phoenix. Kind of raining on the parade for everyone else. Uh, really puts pressure on the rest of the seven guys if it'll matter once we get to that final race. 
Um, but this puts a lot of pressure on everybody else that he's put himself in this position. And he has. He's put himself in this position. I know everyone else has had bad luck, and really only Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott haven't in this uh, round of playoff races. But when you finish first in both the races, <laughs> you kind of don't care what everyone else does behind you because you're just laughing in the mirror as they crash into the wall. So we know that he's in to the next round. We've already talked about him a little bit. Um, do we want to add anything more on Kyle Larson? I mean, going into this week, you want to say anything about that, Amos? I think if he was smart, he'd just keep his fenders clean in this race, just try not to push it, Yeah, keep the momentum going so he's not trying to, you know, so he's not buried too deep in the field to start in Phoenix. But, uh, you know, as soon as we say he's not going to, he should take it easy and just kind of coast that he'll probably end up dominating the race. I'm not sure if taking it easy would be in his vocabulary, so we'll see. Chris, do you think that he could possibly win this race and really spoil the party for everyone in this stage? I mean, winning all three races in one round, that would essentially uh, rely on everyone else's finishing positions to get into that top four. Well, the year that Tony Stewart won his championship, Mm -hmm. he won five of the ten races. Right. And he won the last two, Which, as I recall. <laughs> we fact-checked this the other day, mm. and it was actually true. So we, we had to go back and look at that. You um, what? You didn't believe me? Well, no, Amos didn't. I, I didn't. I was like, sure, I guess. I just went along with it. and then, Well, I've been around long enough to know you got to <laughs> fact-check every once in a while. So well, but, what you're saying, though, is it wouldn't surprise you if Larson won a bunch of races in this. Okay, he's won four in the playoffs right now, right? Yeah. And four. this is funny. You just brought no. up the Tony Stewart thing. Yeah, four, right? Four. Go look, Amos. Fact check us, Amos. Because um, now I'm not that confident about saying that. What? That Kyle Larson's won four. He uh, has won four. Yeah, he won in Vegas, and he's won these three in a row, right? Right. Okay, so he's won four. So it's funny that you bring back up the Tony Stewart thing, right? Because a few shows ago, you brought up like, oh, what's the chances that he could, maybe this was before the playoffs, what's the chances he could break that record of Tony Stewart, five wins in the 10 playoff races? And I was like, ah, (laughs) not likely. Uh, He could do it. If he wins these next two, he'll have the most chase wins in a 10-race chase. I got to tell you. He could tie it for sure. Yeah, but I got to tell you, I'd be... Pretty happy if he won six races, personally. I <laughs> be but, crazy. But, yeah, I mean... So it's... Elliott's run to finish last year was really impressive. Can you imagine if he goes on a, a four-win... Oh, sorry, a five-win race streak to finish the season and <laughs> takes it? That'd be pretty crazy. All right, um, you want to say anything more about Kyle Larson, Chris? No. I mean, right. you know, <laughs> he's the odds-on favorite to be the champion. Yep. Should be. So, Yeah. All right, um, let's wrap up Kansas and then move on to Martinsville. We're not going to talk much about Martinsville, so no, we're pretty late in the show already. Uh, but our picks from Kansas went Amos furthest away with Joey Logano in ninth. Yeah, I would have picked him too. He's disappointed over there. Broke my heart. Uh, <laughs> Martin Truex Jr. Uh, was my pick. He finished seventh. And Am- uh, Chris, you get the highest pick and the point with Chase Elliott finishing second. So none of us picked Kyle Larson. Obviously a bad idea. Um, but hey, all of us have three points from our driver in the bottom four picks. Um, so Chris, you are correct with so far, uh, this week at least, all the Pensy cars. I have all the Pensy cars. And Amos, you have the Pensy cars of 
Kislavsky, and Blaney, and you have Martin Truex. So we're actually doing pretty good in who might get cut. That'll kind of come down to this last race to see how right we all are. Um, <laughs> is that Archie? Uh, Amos, you're going to pick first this week here on 22 points, still in the lead, barely. Uh, I'm at 21 whoa, whoa, points. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. No, go ahead. <laughs> and uh, Chris, you're at 19. So you've actually made up a lot of ground. You're actually winning this round of the playoffs, um, but it doesn't give you the advantage in this. Well, it does give you the advantage to go first, I guess, which, you know, whatever. I said Amos wouldn't pick first. Sorry. I meant Chris, you're going to pick first because Amos is leading. Isn't that what I said? I'm sorry. I got a little confused there. So let's talk about Martinsville. Um, anything to say about what kind of race you expect it to be? Because uh, I'm just going to say it's going to be the most chaotic race of the year, and everyone's going to be driving like insane wackos that are those seven guys that haven't won a playoff race yet. Uh, Chris, what do you want to say about it? I think Martinsville is the statement race of the year more so than Phoenix. Mm. I, there's seven guys for sure that are highly motivated to win the race. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also, you know, 30 other guys in there that want to make a statement that, hey, you know, I'm here too. I don't think anything is I, – I don't think you can bank on anything going into Martinsville. If I gave you the seven drivers or the field to win the race, so our seven remaining playoff drivers without a win or the rest of the field, who are you going to take for the win? You know, at this point in time, I'd almost take the field. Because Kyle Larson's in the field? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Amos, what, what do you about? What do you. <laughs> That's so funny. What would you say? So essentially, if I gave you Kyle Larson versus everybody else, you would still take Larson? Probably. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Amos. Well, yeah, if we're throwing money down on it, I mean. The, the seven or the 32? No, 40, 38, 37. I don't know. How many's entered in Martinsville? Probably so, if I give you the seven versus the 33, who are you going to take? I'd probably go with the seven. You'd go with the seven. So, you think one of these guys gets a win, secures their spot? Yeah, I think so. All right. With that, let's move into our picks. Chris, you get the honor of picking first. Uh, this could potentially give you the win in this round for sure and put you that much closer entering the final week. So, as it sits right now, we're only split apart by three points. You're behind three by Amos, behind two on me. Uh, so who's your pick going to be to win this race? Well, I said earlier I was going to pick Martin Truex, which I think <laughs> I probably will do. But, boy, I tell you, my heart is just – it's in there for Joey Logano. I, I just really would dig it if really? he won the race. Yeah, I really would. I think yeah, I think Chris is envisioning a scenario where our three favorite drivers get in and Larson – Oh, that'd be awesome. I think I would – I mean, I don't really like Kyle Busch, but I'd take that scenario. So, so you're going to go with Truex? No, nah, give me Logano. Really? Yeah, give me Logano. Amos, what do you think about that pick? I feel like it's a pick with his heart instead of like a pick to win and crush and defeat his opponent. But uh, oh, I don't think it's a huge <laughs> – Is that like, why he's in last in the standings? I mean – Logano is in win-or-go-home mode, in my opinion, so mm -hmm. it's not a horrible pick. And Matt, and Matt Kenseth isn't on the track. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, he's still got some other guys. Um, all right. Interesting pick. Uh, my turn. So I was also liking Martin Truex. Then we talked a little bit about the other guys, uh, and that kind of made me decide that I'm going to pick Chase Elliott after our 
just kind of running through the top eight or the remaining eight and trying to figure out where they kind of line up, I kind of realized that Elliot should have the best chance to win the race, I think, and I'll pick him. Okay, so there's my pick, Amos. Uh, you get the last pick here. All right. Well, you guys are leaving me the low-hanging fruit here. <laughs> You're going to um, go with him, huh? Yeah, I'm going to take Martin Truex Jr. I feel like I've kind of bagged on him through the chase. I've kind of bagged on him through the last you know, middle part of the season. I don't know that – I mean, I'm not going with my heart. I'm going with calculation based on he runs well at Martinsville. Mm-hmm. So – I think I don't know that he's necessarily going to win the race, but I think he'll be finishing higher than your two guys. So, mm. but not by much. I think so Chase you're going has with a good that strategy of placement over winner. Actually, yeah. I mean, I think Chase will be okay. I I don't. I think, like I said, his his team has got to be in like, you know, we got to be in this finishing order in order to cement our opportunity we'd rather win phoenix than martinsville if you had a pick so i i don't think trix jr is in by any means win or go home mode the same as joey logano but if he has any aspiration of winning the cup championship this year yeah he's got to win martinsville and and get some momentum to move on to phoenix all right so there's our picks um should be interesting Amos in the lead with 22. I'm at 21. Chris, you're at 19. So everyone is still in contention, technically, for the playoff race here and be the champion of our Electric Sports Talk picks. Uh, so that could be interesting. Obviously, it'll all come down to Phoenix. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with our little race here. So to finish up the show, Chris, we know Larson's in. You've picked Joey Logano to win this race. Who are the other two drivers that get in to Phoenix to race for the championship. Chase Elliott and Martin Truex. Chase Elliott, Martin Truex. Okay. Um, so you're saying somehow Danny Hamlin finds a way to miss, huh? Mm-hmm. I would love it. Uh, probably not going to go with you there. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so we know Kyle Larson's in. I've chosen Chase Elliott to be secure, and I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr. to move on. So not really the top four that I think I envisioned when the playoffs started, but kind of where it's gone to um all right amos you got martin truex jr we know kyle larson's in who are the other two you're gonna pick okay now hold on a second here i picked truex to be the highest finishing driver of this table not necessarily to win okay okay so obviously kyle larson is moving on yeah i feel like chase elliott moves on i okay pains me to say i feel like denny hamlin moves on he he'll figure it out but i feel like the fourth driver that moves on is ryan blaney so you think Mm. ryan blaney does enough to actually get in front of truex in the points correct and that doesn't necessarily mean he has to finish in front of him because technically he's got a two-point edge so they could you know blaney could finish one spot two spots behind him and still yeah blaney's just got a race kyle bush Hmm, interesting right like that's who he's kind of right because kyle bush is fourth yeah i mean they're separated by two points two points yeah so i think ryan blaney's just got to finish i think ryan blaney's (laughs) is interesting so why didn't you pick ryan blaney to win the race or finish well i don't think he's gonna win the race so you think you pick true x because he has a better chance to win the race than blaney at the end of the day but i just i just mean you guys 
it's hard not to pick Truex for Martinsville. Yeah. Okay. But in the grand scheme of things, you're you're also moving on for your final four in Phoenix. And I, I just feel like Blaney gets that fourth spot. All right. As it sits, uh, Chris, who's your champion right now? If Phoenix was tomorrow, who would you go with? Well, your odds on favor has got to be Kyle Larson. All right. But is, it, is that who you'd pick? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Amos? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, I think. I'm too. a homer. I want Unless, Elliot to win, but geez, I just. Unless Truex get I there, gets there, which I think there's a strong possibility that he could win in Phoenix. So maybe. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Um, we'll wrap up on next gen car testing at Bowman Gray. Uh, Chris, I know you want to talk about this. It's kind of a big deal because, like, Clint Boyer and Dell Jr. and someone else was was doing it. Um, but Tony Bowman Stewart. Gray, Tony Stewart. How could I forget? Did you hear the disappointment in his voice over there? Golly. Uh, so Bowman Gray, obviously, kind of historical place, right? Okay, and so the next vi- gen testing was visualize Martinsville. Yeah, Bowman Gray's half as big. I, I watched some of the videos. <laughs> <laughs> So Quarter it, mile. you guys wouldn't get the same effect. Chris mentioned that we should put in some audio of them doing the testing. I don't think you'd get the same effect. Go on your social medias, watch it. It's very interesting because they go through the little turns, right? And then they get up to like, and then they slow down like immediately uh, going into the turns, the stretches. It's a football field essentially, right? Yeah. They're racing on a 400 meter style track as of like athletics track that you see in the Olympics. Essentially. So that's what they'll be doing at the clash in the Coliseum. Yeah, yeah. I would say more or less. Well, and, and that's why they're doing the tire testing at Bowman gray, because they mm, want to make sure they've got the tire for the clash all sorted out. I, I got to tell you, and probably I've got sucked into the media hype on this thing, you know, but oh, okay. I'm getting a little more excited about the Clash, to be honest with you, because I think there's going to be a lot of digging and gouging, you know, in the Clash that you haven't seen in past years. Well, I and and I'm, I'm just visualizing like 20 of those cars on a quarter-mile track. It's going to get interesting in a big hurry. Uh, well, the reviews were positive from the drivers that tested. Uh, Earnhardt Jr. was actually really impressed with the car. I think it's kind of funny, though, because you got these three guys that aren't currently racing. They've been retired, and they got all these positive things to say about this car on a quarter-mile track, right? Quarter-mile. Yeah. Uh, and all the other drivers have kind of been like, it kind of sucks. <laughs> so who or what do you make of, like, what do you make of these guys saying it was really fun to drive on Bowman Gray and, and the car is awesome? Well... And here again, like I said, I, I maybe I got sucked into the hype that the uh, media is doing to this. But, you know, going forward, if NASCAR pulls this off, mm. we could be seeing a different style of racing in NASCAR, you know, in the years to come. I heard today a, a pretty substantial statement that they're going to tear down um, California Speedway. And basic, Auto club? Yep. And basically reconfigured into a half-mile track. Kind of so like Martinsville. Kind of like Martinsville and Bristol and those kind of tracks. People have clamored for these styles of tracks like Bowman Gray to be on the on the schedule. I, I don't know how you could have Bowman Gray on the schedule. 40 I mean, cars you, on that big of a track doesn't make any sense. Well, you don't have the seating. Well, There's not only problem. that, but like the size of the track just seems way too small for 40 NASCARs to be on. So 
Do you think that this is more of a push towards just more short track racing in general? I mean, Bristol's popular. Martinsville's a fun race uh, most of the time. It feels like the that NASCAR is trying to get away from the mile and a half and kind of more the cookie cutter type of tracks. Do you think that's what we're seeing? Yeah, I really do. Do you like that idea? Do you like that move? It don't bother me. Amos, does it bother you at all? I mean, I personally like the mile and a half, so. And it doesn't bother me to see a bunch of them stacked up on the schedule. Well, if California was going to tear their track down, they should have done it this year because of COVID. I mean, they didn't race there in the spring. They'd have had yeah. a good head start. I mean, um, I'll believe I'll believe more short tracks when I see them. I don't mm-hmm. really mind short track racing. I I guess if you want to say, are we going to have more short track versus road course, then give me short track. I don't mm-hmm. mind the road yeah. course races, but, you know, we don't need seven of them. Yeah. But – I feel like two NASCAR fans are kind of like, well, if we have too much one, then we clamor for the other. And then if we got too much of this, we're going to want to go back to mile and a half. Yeah. So we're um, fair to say that we're probably not pleased or hundred percent happy with everything that goes on. So, but yeah, if they do more short track racing, I'll be fine with it. It's not yeah, a big we'll deal. See. All right. We'll see. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I mean, it's it, the media, and I understand why in some ways, but they made a pretty big deal about the next gen cars being tested at Bowman gray. Um, for me, you know, I'm not historical buff and way into that side of NASCAR. Like Chris is, uh, I just don't care that much about the whole deal, honestly. So, well, we could go back to the old <laughs> days of NASCAR where they raced on short tracks and had 56 races a year, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's what three we need. or four of them during the middle of the week. Can you imagine? That's what we need. Can there you imagine the logistical nightmare that would create for those guys? Well, that's why they don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, they probably just race at the same track multiple times in a week, right? No. So. No, they what? didn't. I mean, they literally, in the old days, they were they were trailer trucking a couple hundred miles. Hmm. Crazy. All right. Uh, Racing three or four times a week and trailer trucking a couple hundred miles between each race. That's crazy. Final thoughts, Chris, for the show. What time is the race on? Right. So the race uh, this week is actually going to be on NBC. Wow. 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 Uh, it's so we won't be... have, so the coverage will be substandard then. <laughs> it's same as, same as always. Um, substandard. It'll be on NBC at 2 Eastern, 12 Mountain Time. So a little earlier race for some of you out there. Just depends on where you're at. Um, Martinsville does have lights, though. I don't, right? So, oh, geez. Don't Why don't I know that? Do. I don't. I don't think they do. I don't think they got lights, or else they got some kind of curfew that they can't race past midnight on. I don't know. But I the weather know. doesn't isn't supposed to be an issue. All right, so. cool. Well, that's what I was getting. Sixty eight and sunny or something is what I read. Cool. Ooh, so it's going to be good weather. Perfect. We should be fine. But yeah, it's on NBC this week, so we'll see. It should be easy watching this week. Uh, Chris or Amos, final thoughts. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good race. It's going to be really interesting to see how these guys that are around that cut line, how uh, well their patients are with, say, non-chase drivers. Uh, might be interesting to see if there's any team orders <laughs> issued again this team year. Team orders. So, you know, um, I can't believe they be got away race. with that. I can't believe that Joe Gibbs got away with that last year. Um, all right, my final thoughts is going back to Kansas a little bit. Christopher Bell find 20K and will be without his crew chief in Martinsville. And Joey Logano and Chase Briscoe both were fined 10K too. So 
Just uh, had to kind of clean up on that, and uh, that's all I got. So we're going to get on out of here. We're going to come back, talk about Martinsville next week. Look forward to the preview of the championship race in Phoenix, which we'll be at. Can't wait. It'll be fun. And that's kind of all we got coming up. Uh, obviously, we'll have an end-of-this-year type of episode, kind of review our <laughs> predictions and awards, and we'll hand out postseason awards. Um, I had a great idea. It's not it, – it would be funny, but, yeah. I was thinking we should, like, make a little awards and send it to the people. <laughs> be hilarious. <laughs> I know some other, like, smaller type of podcasts like us that actually do that, so – for, uh, for like different kinds of sports so might be funny alright uh, we're going to get out of here guys tune in next week recap all about Martinsville and who made it to the final four we'll be right back or we'll be we'll be back next week we'll be right back don't worry <laughs> <laughs> alright peace out guys <laughs>